0: Animals are happy sitting there on a floating feedlot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure are they're they now? <laughs> loving
1: it. I am sure they are loving it. Do they know it. where this cruise is supposed to end? Animals are happy sitting there.
2: <laughs> Actually, so a lot, we've seen some pictures, and some of the sheep are seen in the pool, and others are golfing at the back end of the ship. <laughs> kind of like the zipline there. Yeah, there's a couple of ziplines <laughs> that
3: the cattle are using. <laughs> oh. so they're,
2: they're having a great time. <laughs>
3: Live from the Annex Wealth Management
4: Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Stories in the news today,
1: Milwaukee deeply investing in bike lanes, wherever possible, protected bike lanes. So that would be like some sort of barrier e between cyclists and then regular traffic. In some cases, it's a wall. I think maybe some of these are just those little...
2: Stanchion things? Yeah,
1: Yeah, for lack of a better term, like a cone. But they're they're permanent there, and they separate out the lane instead of just a, a marking on the road. Mayor Johnson working toward 50 miles of these protected bike lanes in the city by 2026. Now, we've talked about this, and I this is not something that I've understood. Like, why is this such a priority? Anyone in business, small business or large, you know what a challenge it is to attract and retain young talent. And I was with the mayor this week at a business roundtable that was hosted by Walker Media Agency. That's one of our partners here. Uh, and the mayor said something interesting. He said young professionals aren't moving to Milwaukee for a job. They're moving to Milwaukee if they do because they like Milwaukee. They'll worry about the job when they get here, or they'll plan around that. But they're they're picking where they want to live. And If
2: that sounds silly, we have examples of that. We know people that have done that. All right. They're just all right. I want to move to Milwaukee. Yeah, yep. What's what's out there in the job market?
1: they generally will
2: select the city first. They'll fall in love with the city and its amenities first before they decide to take a job or settle down or whatnot. So that's what I wanna make sure that we're building as well here too. So like the Deer District I think is an excellent example of that, but it's not just that. Citywide, um, that's why I talk about this protected bike lane network, right? It's it's certainly got uh, an application uh, in terms of reducing reckless driving, but that's a, bona fide amenity that you're seeing become very, very popular in other cities across the United States.
1: I thought that was interesting. At least I wouldn't say I've been critical of the bike lanes. It's just I just didn't get it. What is our obsession with this? Right. His point is maybe ride your bike to work or whatever. Maybe you don't. But we have to see outside ourselves to find some tangential benefit to projects like this. We're spending a lot of money. So I hope he's correct. But that's some of the reasoning behind it. 615. Brandon's got sports coming up next.
4: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The offseason activities are fully underway in Titletown this week as the Packers are still on the hunt for their next defensive coordinator. ESPN's Rob Demoski joined 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee on Tuesday to share some of his thoughts on what head coach Matt LaFleur did at the end of the season for the team's defense, which included being more involved with the meetings and what it could mean for the Packers' search. But I do think it's, it's a sign That Matt LaFleur is not
1: just an offensive play-calling head coach anymore, is that he knows for them to get to the next level, he's gotta be, he's either A, gotta hire somebody that's more competent
4: than Joe Barry, or B, he's gotta be more involved. And maybe it's C both. Green Bay did add two more names to their search on Tuesday, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Ravens secondary coach Denard Wilson, and inside linebackers coach for Baltimore, Zach Orr. Over to College Hoops, where the ninth ranked Marquette Golden Eagles secured their 5th win in a row. This one on the road in Villanova for the 85-80 to win. Kolek has it in the right corner. Kolek will try another 3. Good again! Again! Yeah, he Kolek. just gave us the normal rainbow. He didn't throw that one up. Homer to and group. Tony Smith on the call on 94.5 ESPN. Milwaukee Marquette at one point gave up a 20-point lead, but Kolek would help rally the team in the second half, hitting 5 3-pointers on the night and scored a career-high in points, 32 to help secure the 16th win for Marquette.
2: He was incredible. I didn't even know he had 32 points. I I, usually have a good sense for what guys have, but uh, he was attacking all night long. They kind of backed off of him and allowed him to shoot some threes. I liked his aggressiveness. Listen, we're up 25 minutes into the game. It was a strange game, and at times we kind of lost sight of that. We kind of thought we had already won, and and Villanova took the aggressiveness advantage, but we took it back, and that was a phenomenal job by our guys in the last 12 minutes of the game.
4: Head coach Shaka Smart there following the victory. A few days off here for his Golden Eagle. Eagles as Georgetown is up next on Saturday and lastly we'll head over to the NBA where the Milwaukee Bucks are back on the road tonight in Portland as their West Coast road trip continues on Doc Rivers made his coaching debut on Monday in a 113 to 107 loss but even in that loss the Bucks two-time MVP Giannis Adetokounmpo was encouraged to by what he saw from his new head coach.
3: It
0: was great. It was great.
3: Coach stuff got to have patience with the players. Players got to have patience with the coach stuff, but I feel like for the first game, it was good. Like, we, we came out of the gate, played good basketball, moved the ball, got a big lead, but then we wasn't able to score the ball. Defensively, we were good. Offensively, he's just letting us play free. It was good. You know, we're going to keep on getting better.
4: Bucks Trailblazers tonight. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 8.30, a 9 p.m. Tip-off. In other words, Vinny, I'll see you yeah, tomorrow. <laughs>
1: right. listen, listen here for the highlights. Can't
4: do that one. Trailblazer's good or no? No. No? Okay. But the Bucks are, we don't know where we're going to We don't get. know where.
1: <laughs> so. Right. 618 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Key. As the U.S. weighs its response to the deadly attack at a military base in Jordan, the families of those service members killed are mourning their loss.
0: Then she was promoted. To Sergeant Moffitt, and I don't think I could do is smile and say, Baby, you got your wish.
1: That is Francine Moffitt saying President Joe Biden informed her that her daughter, Brianna, an Army soldier killed in that attack, had been promoted to sergeant. Just 23 years old, among three killed and dozens injured. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers is with us from the White House Live this morning. Karen, before we get to the impending mm-hmm. U.S. response, you've spent mm-hmm. a good deal of time around this president, President Biden. Mm-hmm. For any president, those are very difficult phone calls to oh, make. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you can't imagine a worse phone call. And the president yesterday talked to all of the families to express condolences, uh, to express how proud everyone in the administration and the U.S. is of their service. And national security spokesman John Kirby said that the president made it known to them that not only would that, their service and sacrifice be honored and respected, but that the families would have the full support of the administration as they go through this very difficult time. He, Kirby said that the president gauged whether the families wanted him to be there at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware on Friday when their remains come back to the U.S., and all all of the families supported his presence there. So the White House announced yesterday that the president will go to Dover for what's known as the dignified transfer of remains. Those are always very tough ceremonies, very somber, very serious, uh, but something that is part of the duty of the commander in chief.
2: So Karen, the president indicating he knows how he's going to respond to this. What do we know and yeah. what will, do we not know?
0: So not a lot from the president. He was very tight-lipped, no surprise, uh, when asked about this yesterday, just saying that he has decided how the U.S. will respond to the drone attack in Jordan that killed those three American soldiers. But a U.S. official tells us that the response to the attack will be carried out over the course of several days, and it will involve striking multiple deliberate targets, facilities that enabled the attacks. On American forces, most of them inside Syria. Notably, after the president said that he had made his decision about how to respond, the White House still couldn't say who was behind it. One of the groups that's under suspicion with ties to Iran is uh, Qatab Hezbollah. They yesterday declared they had suspended their attacks on U.S. forces you know, perhaps because of knowing what might be coming. The Pentagon response to that was actions speak louder than words, like, let's see what happens from here on out. You know, and yesterday the president was asked about how some of these attacks, uh, these strikes by the U.S. haven't really deterred these Iranian-backed groups in the region, and will this upcoming response actually deter them? The president only said, we'll see.
1: Uh, Talking with Karen Travers, ABC News White House correspondent. Karen, there is another prong to this as well, and that's how did this Mm -hmm. happen? We we know it was a suicide drone attack that, for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, evaded U.S. air defenses. Is there more to learn still about whether these deaths and injuries could have been prevented?
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly there will be a thorough and there is a thorough investigation. What we still are looking into, what, the, what we hear officials are looking into, is that uh, this was obviously a very surprise attack. Uh, this remote outpost in the Jordanian desert, it was an explosives laden drone that bypassed U.S. air defenses. And officials say that the initial reports so far indicate that nobody tried to shoot it down because they did believe it was a U.S. surveillance drone. So, you know, one of our own that was coming in and it was mistaken for that and that's why it wasn't taken out
1: karen travers abc news white house correspondent appreciate it karen thank you have a great day
2: you find it interesting that we're discussing what the retaliation is going to be in such detail
1: yes detail I, but but not yeah, right? Right, it feels like right. more than what we usually hear but i'm but, sure we don't
2: know much right, right? But, but no, still, you're right. It does. It didn't catch me as odd. Like it'll be a oh, series we're do of this. attacks and then this and that. Like, well, okay. And, and Karen's just relaying what the you know what she's getting information on. I'm just surprised that that information is being given to us. Feels like a little bit more than we usually hear. Right? right. We usually hear after the fact. Here's what yeah, he we
1: was, did, yeah, right, as right. opposed to here's what we're gonna do. So we'll wait to see what that response is. And there's no timeline, really. You know. Uh, you did mention that over a series, you know, or, or over mm-hmm. a period of time, but we don't know when it starts. Right. I think we'll know after. <laughs> Packers narrowing their search for new defensive coordinator. Brandon Snide has sports at 645. 16,000
2: sheep and cattle floating on a boat anchored off Western Australia during a heat wave.
1: <laughs> That's not good for, 16, for the sheep and cattle.
2: 16,000. Sheep and cattle. Why? Because they're supposed to go to Israel, but because of the issues they're having in the Middle East there, right now they have to go back to Australia, but can't go on the island again because of Australia's very strict rules on biochemistry and what can be brought on. So now what do you do? We'd
0: like to see them taken off the ship.
2: Rebecca Tapp from Stop Live Exports raising concerns they could be exported again.
0: The idea of sending them back to see if it's inhumane.
2: John Hassel from Australia's Farmers Federation says the livestock's welfare is good. Animals
0: are happy sitting there on a floating feedlot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure are they're they now? <laughs> loving it. <laughs> I'm
2: sure they are loving it. Do they it. know
1: where this cruise is supposed to end? Animals are happy sitting
2: there. <laughs> Actually, so a lot, we've seen some Pictures and some of the sheep are seen in the pool, and others are golfing at the back end of the ship. There's a zipline there. Yeah, there's a couple of ziplines that the cattle are using. Oh. So they're, they're having a great time. Nice. I misspoke. So they have a strict bi- biosecurity regulation. So Australia can't take these animals back. All they can do is refuel the ship and then send it on its way. But right now it's so hot. I, I imagine that smells terrific on <laughs> that ship right now. Oh, yeah as they're trying to figure out when they can finally get that to Israel. 638,
1: Wisconsin's Morning News.
2: 644, Wisconsin's Morning News. Hey, big story uh, to watch for today and one that's definitely going to have some tentacles moving forward. The FBI director is going to be Appearing before a House committee today in Washington, telling investigators that the U.S. is not doing enough to stop the country from targeting critical electric grids, meaning China. Chinese hackers is the concern for the FBI. They're worried that China is going to go after critical electrical grids, oil pipelines, transportation. And U.S. intel officials say those attacks could cost the U.S. trillions and even threaten lives if we don't get in front of it now, so what do they want us to do with this information? Well, they well they want Congress Batten to down the hatches,
1: more, yeah. right, well, okay, kinda,
2: and devote more resources towards stopping this. So, like, which which areas are vulnerable? Which areas are going to be those first attacked or targeted? This is
1: not a message to you and me and folks listening to the show. This is a message to right. people who can do something. But about But FYI, it yeah. I mean,
2: and the big concern is Taiwan. That if if something were to happen in Taiwan from China, China will first hit us with some kind of infrastructure. Malware issue, and then do something in Taiwan. Something to watch for today. 645, Brandon's Got Sports coming up next.
4: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. A career high in sacks and quarterback hits has led the Packers defensive tackle Kenny Clark as being selected to his third Pro Bowl for Green Bay. Clark joins Henry Aaron as the only Packers defensive tackles to make three or more Pro Bowls. The Marquette Golden Eagles won their fifth game in a row on Tuesday night, beating Villanova on the road by a final of 85-80. to Tyler Kolick led the way for Marquette with a career high with 32 points. Next up for the ninth-ranked Golden Eagles is Georgetown on Saturday. And lastly, the Milwaukee Admirals won their 11th straight game on Tuesday night, beating San Diego four goals to three. The ads will look to make it 12 in a row on Friday night in Milwaukee. It's time for Extra Points. A sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. Super Bowl 58 is all set for the National Football League, which also means so is the offseason in Green Bay. And in other words, it's back to overanalyzing things that, well, probably don't matter much, but guess what? They do to me, and here we are. Last week, I talked about head coach being disrespected by the league for not being included in the top five finalists for Coach of the Year. Look. A few days have passed, and yes, I actually am still heated about that. But then what the league did on Tuesday irked me actually even a little bit more. Like usual, a few quarterbacks that were selected among their peers and fans to the 2024 Pro Bowl games dropped out, and like they always do, the league supplements them with reserves. Jordan Love was not one of the two NFC quarterbacks selected to participate in the games after LA's Matthew Stafford and Dallas's Dak Prescott decided to drop out. Instead, it was Seattle's Geno Smith and Tampa Bay's Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry, who exactly? You mean to tell me the two quarterbacks who Jordan Love of our green and yellow has thrown for more yards, more touchdowns, a higher passer rating, and did all of that with the NFL's youngest roster was not selected, but those two were. Hmm. I just, I don't understand. And yes, I'm assuming most won't care about the games. A few eye rolls will likely proceed as I'm babbling on here about Jordan Love. But honestly, what is it going to take for any member of the Packers at 1265 Lombardi Avenue to garner some respect after a season most, if not all, thought was impossible? Enough is enough. Love is better than both of the names I just gave you. And in fact, I'll do you one better. Love should be the starting quarterback for the NFC. He's been the best Quarterback this season in that conference, hands down. 652
1: on this Wednesday morning. The ambulance was there in minutes. So why did a 49-year-old woman freeze to death after falling on ice at a bus stop in Milwaukee? The ambulance dispatched to the intersection where she fell following a 911 call. Apparently, the ambulance crew drove through a few times, didn't see her, and left. President of the private ambulance service, Curtis, said his crews did nothing wrong.
3: The EMS system here worked as designed. The first ambulance, which was for a low-priority call, was there within four minutes.
1: Worked as designed. Did it, though? Dr. Ken Harris, host of the afternoon show on 1017 The Truth, former Milwaukee police lieutenant, is with us this morning. So the initial ambulance crew, Ken, they gave a couple of passes Didn't physically get out of the vehicle to look for the woman. They tried to call her on her cell phone. Didn't get an answer because she was either unconscious or unable to answer. They didn't know that. They left the scene. Subsequent calls came in then, and she was later found by another EMS crew, but it was too late. Well, she was found
3: by the fire department. And unfortunately, I think um, for them to say it was a low-priority call that a human being slipped and fell and you can't find them is not is literally insulting to every resident of the city of Milwaukee. I think that, that the ball was dropped significantly to say that you go to a lot of calls and nothing happens. Police do that every day. Fire department does that every day. You take the same vigilance with every single call because you don't know when that one call is going to be the call. This was the call. To be that lazy and not get out of a car to look for someone. Well, they were, she was hidden by a snowbank. I think the the president said something to the effect
1: of "Are we supposed to look behind every snowbank?" Yes, and your answer is well, yes. Yeah. So,
2: but honestly, though, like, what would
3: the expectation be? So, say it was a someone walk. I'm sorry, someone walking down the street found this woman. Yeah, and right. you couldn't. Come on, no, I, but I guess what
2: I'm wondering is they talked about how there is some false alarms or whatnot. So, so? at what point do you? <laughs> I know, I no, I understand, I understand, okay. but at All what right. point do you? At what point is uh, have you met that threshold? If they were to get out in, there, on a there call is no and not threshold. find
3: anybody, there is no threshold. So they should. If you leave and you get called back, you come back every single time. The police do it every day. The fire do it every yeah. day. Okay, we've gone to the. I knew a, a woman. She was in her like 80, 89. We literally went to her house every single day. I would go to my roll call, go ten eight, and start driving to her house because I knew she was going to call. Yeah, every single day until the day she died. That's when she didn't call, and I still went and checked on her. But is the expectation it's... different for MPD versus a private ambulance? I would say no. You're getting paid by the city, so you represent the city, so do your job. And they dropped the ball. President Curtis also said that he doesn't believe that any protocol
1: changes are necessary, that they follow the protocol that they have. He doesn't think they have to do anything differently. If that answer is not satisfactory for the city of Milwaukee, and at least... A number of aldermen were very critical of his comments, yeah. including uh, Alderman Borkowski. So, all right, if, if they're not satisfied with that, what's their recourse? Cancel the contract and move on. Is there somebody else that can take that
3: contract, though? I know EMS is struggling for people just like every company. Sure, but I would also hire more firefighters, and then that way we would have better trained people in order to do it. I, I think the fact that you didn't get out and literally eyeball and look to see whether or not a woman was on a snowbank... Is unconscionable. I guess what what I'm I keep
2: going back to is how do you clear a call? Like when is it appropriate to clear a call? Because he said we get a lot of false alarms, especially at bus so stops. So what? No, again, but like how would? So when that does happen, how do you clear it?
3: How do you clear it? If the person called nine one one, then got on a bus, and clearly went home. they've cleared a lot of their calls erroneously because we don't know if anything yeah. went bad because we can't go back and change it. But clearly, this one they dropped the ball right, and they proved right. I'm not going to even get out. Why? Because it's cold outside? Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, if it was warm, I would have got out and looked. But because it's cold, sub-zero weather, we're talking about a person's life here. If any time you should have gotten out, it should have been now, but you do the same thing every time. There's a reason why you're trained a certain way, so you do it all the time, so everyone gets the maximum help. Dr. Ken Harris, host the afternoon show on 101.7 The Truth. Good to
1: see you Thank every let's Wednesday. keep going. Keep coming no, back. Good stuff.